You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good to be here this morning with you, and uh, I'll try not to take too much time. I just kind of wanted to take some time to touch base on some things and kind of refresh and maybe uh, revisit about what we were talking about last week around vision. Uh, before I do that, I want to shout out and give some uh, some honors to some really great parents that uh have just welcomed their first, some of their first children. So let's look, Andy and Honor Vess, uh, we want to say congratulations to you on the birth of your son, Gabriel Joseph. Uh, Jeremy and Jessica Clemens, with the son of their son, uh, with the birth of their son, Henry David Clemens. And then Curry and Whitney Maurer with the daughter, with the birth of their beautiful daughter, Wren Evangeline Maurer. And so, um, Hey, we want to congratulate all you families on all these beautiful babies that are being born. And uh, I know you guys are extremely excited about it and becoming new parents. And uh, some of you are not new parents, but some of you, you know, every time you have a, a, a new baby, uh, a son or a daughter, <clears throat> it's a new experience because they're, they're not all the same. And uh, we know that. <laughs> so... Thank you guys for uh, hooking up on here this morning. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, just thinking around some things from uh, a week ago when we were talking about the vision of the church, you know, we talked that, um, you know, vision is so vast. I mean, that word vision can, can encompass so many, so many, so many things. And, uh, you know, I think, I think in the past, a lot of the, a lot of, the church has, <clears throat> they've come up with ideas around what they thought vision should really look like. And maybe sometimes they didn't necessarily get that from the Lord. Maybe it was just, hey, this seems like a good idea. This is around the gospel. You know, let's go after this. Let's go after that. But man's plans can definitely not be in line with what God is really wanting us to go after. And so, I think we just have to really revisit some of this and continually keep it in the foref in, in our in the forefront of everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we're communicating to people. Uh, you know, what does success look like uh, in the kingdom? You know, and how does that vision around that uh, you know support what God is doing? And if it's not supporting what God is really saying and doing, then it's really not God's vision. It's it's just man's vision. And so, you know, the question again I'm asking is, what does success look like in the kingdom? It can look like, you know, in, in our in our arena, it can look so vastly different from what it can what it real what true success really means to God and what it looks like to God. You know, in First um, Corinthians nine uh, twenty six, <clears throat> Paul didn't say. <laughs> that um, I run aimlessly and swing at the air and j and didn't hit a target. That's not what Paul said in that in that verse. Paul literally said, "I run with a purpose." He said, "I run with a purpose," and he said, "I'm not just shadow boxing, but I'm actually hitting something. I'm actually hitting my target." And if you go on and read that verse, it talks about how a runner, uh, an athlete, runs for a prize. And that prize is is not eternal. That prize that prize will will go away. It'll fall away. It'll dissipate. 
but the prize that we are after is eternal life. And that prize will never go away. And so we need to stay focused on that and understand that uh, just because we're swinging and just because we're running, uh, busyness does not equate to effectiveness. And so we, we've got to really make sure that whatever we're doing, that we're focusing in the right areas, we're going after the right things, and we're put, putting our efforts in the right place because that's where we're going to see fruit, and that's where there's going to be effectiveness uh, for the kingdom. And that's where the kingdom is going to grow and move forward. And, um, you know, I don't think we've been clear on this as a whole in the church. And there has been a lot of running and shadow boxing, but not, but not a lot of success. <clears throat> and um, I actually mentioned this last week uh, briefly, but I, I, I kind of wanted to expound on it a little bit more. You know, when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he was up there and he was getting all the instructions from God and God gets really irritated with the children of Israel because Moses has been up on the mountain for a while. And because of that, the children of Israel, they've already gotten distracted and they've already gotten, uh, they've gotten tired of waiting. And so now they're down doing crazy stuff and they're doing their own thing. And so God is just, he is just, he is so fed up. Like, man, I've brought these people out of the out of the, up out of the wilderness. I've brought them out of Egypt I've provided for them. I've given them everything. I've given them me, and it's still not enough. And so he's just he's 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 just ticked off, and understandably so. <clears throat> and so he he he's telling Moses, he's like, "I want you to go on into the into the promised land." And he goes, "I'm going to send an angel with you to the promised land, but I'm not going with you." And um, immediately Moses doesn't hesitate. And he literally says to God, well, then I'm not going. And he says, I am not going there. I'm going to stay right here because if you're not going with me, then it's not worth it. I'm not going to substitute your presence for a bunch of good things and great things without you. And so Moses took a stance right there and he said, this is not how... I'm, this is not what I'm doing. I'm not following that because your presence is more valuable to me than anything else. <clears throat> and, um, you know, you got you to gotta appreciate that about Moses because he, here's a man who literally was saved from being murdered as a child. He was put into Pharaoh's house from the exact government that was trying to murder him secretly and undercover and uh, covertly, God knew exactly what he was doing. And he put Moses into the house of Pharaoh and Moses had all these things. Moses lived a life of luxury. He lived basically in a promised land. Egypt was at, at the pinnacle of, of its success and of its reign. And it was a vast kingdom, uh, just overflowing with wealth. And so Moses had experienced uh, prestige, honor, uh, wealth, land, titles. I mean, he'd experienced all of these things. <clears throat> and so when God kind of dangled, uh, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take you into the promised land, but I'm not going with you, uh, Moses was like, no, 
I've, I've had these things before. I've experienced these things before. And you know what? They're nothing without you, without the presence of God in my life. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Moses was not in pursuit of the promised land. He was in pursuit of his presence. And, you know, I think all of us, we have to get to, we, get, we have to get this clear as the people of God that we have to choose the presence over everything else. And, and you know, that's not something that, <clears throat> that, you know, somebody can do for you. It's not something, you know, I can do for you. It's not something that your leaders can do for you. It's something that you have to make a choice in your own life that you're going to, you're not going to accept anything other than the, the presence of God in your life. I mean, let's face it. Remember when we all, before we knew God, before we came to Christ, why did we come to Christ? Was it because of the, what we were going to get because of the promises or the promised land or, you know, all the good things? No, we came to God because we were desperate. We were in need. We were, we were void of his presence. We were void of his peace and his, and his power in our lives. And we wanted that more than we wanted anything else. And that's why we came to God because we couldn't find that anywhere else. We couldn't find peace anywhere else. It was only in him and in, in his presence. And, and I think <clears throat> it's not something that we do deliberately, but I think over time, all of us get to a place where that gets diminished by all the programs and all the things that organizations are doing, organizational church is doing. And, you know, let's go after this. Let's go after this. Hey, this is, this is, this is the vision, or, um, uh, you know, hey, in order to be successful, we need to have this title, or, you know, you know, and we've got people modeling this for us, and in the process of them modeling this for us, it creates this thing that's unnatural, because we were never meant to live outside of God's presence, never, and we've literally in a lot of ways, all of us have, we have uh, uh, compromised and we've given up the presence for all these other things that we think are going to make us successful. And, uh, you know, I love what Moses said. My, and Moses literally said this in, in, in uh, Exodus 33, um, verse... Uh, 15, and he basically said, it's your presence that sets us apart from the rest of the world. <laughs> it's your presence that sets us apart from the rest of the world. It's not our church buildings. It's not our programs. It's not how big of a department we build in, you know, in children or youth or, men, uh, you know, uh, worship or, you know, all these other things. <clears throat> biggest outreach, you know, whatever it is. It, those aren't the things that set us apart for people to know who we are and whose we are. It's it's God's presence. That's what sets us apart, that we carry God's presence in our lives. And when we are able to <clears throat> steward that and be sensitive to that, that's where the real power comes through our lives so that it will bring deliverance for other people. And, um, you know, our mission statement around the 
you know, this is going to be what we want to go after this year is to see people uh, absolutely restored, transformed, and equipped. And the way that happens, the key way that happens is through the presence. And that touches every area of, of the vision of who we are. The presence is at the forefront of every one of those things. <clears throat> because without the presence, all it is, is is just a bunch of programs. It's just a bunch of tools. It's just a bunch of way for, uh, ways for us to try to uh, create momentum. And false momentum is not something we want to create. Uh, we want to create kingdom momentum. And true kingdom momentum uh, doesn't come on our plans or our buildings or our programs. <clears throat> it actually comes through his presence. And his presence is everything. And, um, you know, when we get to a place where we grow beyond that, uh, we, we, again, we turn to other places and other places that will, that will fulfill us. And really the reality is none of those things will fulfill us. And so <clears throat> biggest thing I want to kind of encourage you today is how do we as a church continue to create an environment where people are experiencing the presence of God? And uh, <clears throat> this is probably a bigger, uh, a bigger thing to go after other than just here on, on this Facebook Live, but uh, there's a lot of ownership that comes into this. And as a church, we have to start becoming proactive and not just be spectators. Uh, we have to become participants. We have to take ownership and we have to say, hey, I have a responsibility um, as a Christian. I have a responsibility to host the presence of God so that when people have an encounter with me, they're going to have an encounter with God. And, you know, that was the whole principle around when Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray. He's, they're like, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to do this thing. And Jesus said, You're, you, uh, uh, our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So whatever it looks like in heaven, needs to, it needs to look like here on earth. And we are the conduits of that. We are the people that people are going to, we're the only heaven people are going to encounter sometimes. We, we're, we really are. And so we have got to get to a place where we understand that we have a huge responsibility as Christians. We have a responsibility to carry heaven and to carry the presence of God in our lives in a place where when people see us, they say, man, there's something just different about you. There's just something that I can't put my finger on. What is it that you have? I want, because you're happy, you're full of joy, you have peace, uh, you, you, you look like you're confident. You know, I need those things and I have no peace in my life. And, uh, you know, the other piece of that was when Jesus was saying, hey, people in the world will know you are my uh, disciples by the love that you have for one another. Well, that love cannot be duplicated in the sense of it can't be fabricated. It cannot be just made up. <clears throat> if it's not genuine love, it's going to be, it's going to be a fabrication of something that is not real. And we can't fake that. We, we have to be in a place where we have that love that is overflowing out of our lives. And the only way that can happen 
The only way that can happen is by us staying in his presence. I mean, I remember when I first got saved, but right before I got saved, I was miserable. I mean, I was not happy. I was, I was suicidal. I was constantly uh, depressed, oppressed. And when I came to God and I got saved and I got in his presence, it changed my entire life. It changed my outlook. It, it, it changed my perspective. <clears throat> it gave me hope. Uh, it, it filled those places that were void, that were, were empty with joy, love, uh, hope for the future. Um, you know, I could not, I could not, I had not experienced that ever. And so when I experienced that in the presence of God, it just naturally overflowed to the people around me. You can't fake that. You can't fake it. And people know there's an authentic thing <clears throat> that takes place when you're in the presence of God. It has an impact on the people around you. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to continue to walk in the power and in the presence of God in an authentic way where people's lives are being impacted and changed. And that can only happen when we make a decision personally that we're gonna, we're gonna make some sacrifices. And yes, it's hard. And yes, it, 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 it's gonna take some work. But I'm gonna tell you something. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can take your place. We need you to step up as the church. We need you to step up into that place of understanding. It's your responsibility to steward and carry the presence of God. And when you do that effectively, it's not a question of if you're gonna impact people's lives. It's a question of when you're gonna impact their life. And so I, I, I want to encourage you, as a church, we've got to decide, hey, we're not doing an event anymore. We're not coming to church on Sunday mornings just to do an event. Uh, forget all that. <laughs> we're not coming just to play church. <clears throat> we're coming because we want to have encounters. We're coming because we want to encounter his presence. We want to, we want to come because we have purpose and we're strategizing that when we come together, that I'm bringing my A-game and I'm bringing uh, my best, and I'm coming prepared on a Sunday morning because it's, it's, it's listen, if we're showing up to church late, if we're showing up to church late during, during worship, like, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up. What I'm trying to say is, what would it look like is if we, if we all started taking ownership of this and we understood the importance of, of sacrifice, because God honors sacrifice with fire. Did you know that? He honors sacrifice with fire. And when you sacrifice something in your life, he pours out his fire, his goodness, and his ability over your life. Because you've set aside time, uh, a set aside of time is holy and is, is sanctified for him. And, you know, we've got a great worship team. We got a team that comes together. They come there early. They put their time in. Uh, they sacrifice because they want to bring us into God's presence through the worship. And we, in, in a way, we owe it to our worship team to make sure that we come on time and we're ready so that when we start worship, that we're all engaged and we're all going after it. And we've all made a sacrifice so that 
the presence of God will show up at, at those moments and touch people that are there maybe for the first time or touch people there that are broken or that have been hurt or that are in pain or are physically needing healing. You know, any of these things, when we bring our best and we come prepared and we come ready and we say, hey, I'm gonna sacrifice a few more minutes of my time on Sunday morning to make sure that I'm there on time. I'm gonna sacrifice a few more minutes of my time on Sunday morning to make sure I'm focused on why I'm coming to church. It's because of connection. It's because of the presence. It's because of uh, authenticity and genuineness. We want to release that to people around us. And um, you know, if God's nature, <laughs> if God's nature is love, and it is, okay, if God's nature is generosity, and it is, and if God's nature is healing and wholeness, and it is, and if God's nature is in us, and it is, then we're, we carry God's presence everywhere, everywhere. And so I, I just want, what does success look like? Success looks like us understanding what it means to be in the presence of God, and that we put that and we value that over everything else, everything else in our lives, the presence. And I, I honestly and genuinely believe that if we continue to pursue this personally on, a, on an individual level and we all show up and we're, we're showing up and we're saying, hey, I'm gonna sacrifice just a few things in order that I make sure that I'm setting aside my agenda and I'm allowing God to have his way in everything that we're doing here because it's about all coming together and, and, and bringing and stewarding and hosting God's presence so that people can, can get set free and, and get released from the presence that they've been held in, in their mind and in their lives and, uh, and, and see God work. On, on crazy levels like we've never seen him work before. You know, is, 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 <clears throat> is excellence important? Absolutely, it is. Is strategy important? Yes, strategy is important. Is planning and preparation important? Yes, it is. But presence <laughs> means everything, and all these other things are meaningless if, if it's not, if those things are not being wrapped around with his presence, with the intent of why we do what we do. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you today that as we move into 2022, um, <clears throat> there's so many things that God wants to do. Uh, I know I talked about this last week. God, Bill Johnson talked about he believed this was a year of uh, God restoring everything that the enemy has, has stolen from us. And I believe that that's accurate. I believe 2022 is gonna be a time of, of restoration. It's gonna be a time of God hitting a reset button in our lives. And we're gonna come in line with what He is, what he's doing. And the only way we're gonna know that, and the only way we're gonna thrive in that and move forward in that and be able to sustain that and, and recognize His hand where it is and what it's doing is if we are in his presence and, uh, and not become distracted and not get impatient. You know, the children of Israel uh, in, in Exodus 32, it's, it, it, let me read this because it's kind of important. It says, when the people saw 
how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain. They gathered and made, and they gathered around Aaron and they said to Aaron, come on, we don't know how, what has happened to this guy Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. And he, they said, so let's go, let's go make us some gods who can lead us. Yeah, boy, what a mess. This, this, is, this is the thing that the children of Israel were notoriously known for, that every time they got impatient, every time they got away from the presence of God, this is the kind of stuff that happened. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for Moses who interceded for them, God would have wiped them out. I mean, this is before Jesus came, and uh, we're talking about the law. And, uh, but, <coughs> excuse me, if that can happen to them, it can happen to us. And it has happened to us in so many ways, in so many arenas. We, we can't get impatient. We can't get impatient. And we have to stay plugged in to the presence of God, even when it feels like it's going too slow. Don't, and I'm saying this from experience, don't get impatient and move ahead of God's presence. You will pay for it. You will pay for it. Uh, you know, is there grace? Absolutely. Is there mercy? Absolutely. But there's a lot of stuff that happens in between there that, you know, what what you've sown, some of that you're going to, you're possibly going to have to reap. And there's consequences that are attached to it. <clears throat> so we, we need to be a people that understand that the presence is the most important thing. It's the thing that guides us and it leads us and it directs us in the vision, in the overall vision of what God has for the church. And the overall vision that God has for the church is to see people set free and to see people come to the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. And so that they will be saved from eternal damnation and that they will have eternal life with him in a, a relationship that was like, that was restored like it was in the beginning in the garden and that we are his kids. We are his sons and daughters. And so I just want to encourage you guys, as a church this year, let's, let's just decide right now that we are going to go after the presence of God and that each one of us are going to take personal ownership and personal responsibility to sacrifice things in our lives that we need to sacrifice in order to to steward that presence and to make an, create an environment where he is welcome. And so uh, 2022 is gonna be an absolutely incredible year. We're excited about it. I know there's been a lot of people that have been struggling with sickness <clears throat> these last two, three weeks. And Terry and I have actually experienced some sickness and, you know, but that doesn't mean we don't still believe in healing. That doesn't mean that we still aren't going after being totally healthy, healed and whole. So, you know, if you've been sick these last two or three weeks, I know there, there's, I've talked to several of you on the phone. We just release God's healing over your life right now. We just say, Father, we thank you for Jesus who, who died on the cross. He bore our sins. He took away our sicknesses and our diseases. He took away our griefs and all the things that uh, sin had came in and tried to destroy us with. He gave us eternal life. So Father, I just pray for healing 
over every family in this church. And Father, I pray for prosperity. Father, I pray for uh, just focus in this year of 2022. And God, I just pray right now that you would give each family a double portion, a double portion uh, that's on their lives, that God, this is a season. We talked about this, a season of amen, which means yes. God, this is a season of yes. This is a season of your stamped approval on our lives as your people. And what distinguishes us as your people is your presence. So Father, we just, we thank you and we love you and we give you glory. And uh, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, listen, I love you guys. I'm so sorry we're not together today. I really hate it when we're not together, but uh, I want you to just enjoy your day today. Get a good fire going and enjoy your family. Be whole, be well, and uh, we will see you next Sunday. And God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. And uh, I hope your Sunday is absolutely amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And remember, God's presence is ultimately the thing that we're all we're all going after. So, Amen. I love you guys. 